members of the PHFFL, Commissioner Conlon here coming at you on a Buccaneers Thursday night football edition on the Race 3 podcast. So you already know that I'm all jazzed up. Let's just get right into it and crack some cold ones. Just the bottles, just they 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 just don't provide the same effect. What the whistle? Ah, but boy, do they taste crisp on the old lips. That is nice. Oktoberfest, hearty and smooth, they say. Hearty and smooth. Wouldn't argue with that. So it's Thursday night. It is pre before the football game. Because the Bucks show down the Eagles. I got shit to do tonight. You know, I got prep. I gotta I gotta make the meat. The meat of the night. Got to make the meat up for the game. Got to, you know, get all situated in. Crack some cold ones. Get the game on. So because of that, we're going to scoop through things tonight. It's going to be record pace. You're going to say, Commissioner Conlon, you always come on here. You always say, hey, we're going to keep this thing under sub-60. And by God, once you know it, you never keep it under sub-60. Tonight's the night, folks. I am determined. So with that, no more ad-libbing. Let's go ahead and get into Transaction Corner, getting the phone out of my pocket here. One would think that I would have this portion of the program already prepared. One would be mistaken. One would be wrong. We are not that well-oiled of a machine here. Open it up right now. Hitting into the league, hitting into the recent activity, and get scrolling, 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 scrolling. Who did we learn that was last Thursday? Limp Biscuit, I'm pretty sure. Limp Biscuit plugging you on the Race to Three podcast. So we get right into it here and Transaction Corner. And we're here. Waiver Wire transacted this morning at 2.14 a.m. Some crazy people out there. Hell, all of you listening to this back in the day, back in your 21-year-old age years, your early 20s or early 20s, you guys, we probably would have been just rolling home, probably maybe you Ames boys probably just maybe getting a slice of Jeff's pizza or why get a slice of Jeff's pizza when you can just get a whole large pepperoni mushroom Domino's pizza for freaking the same price or cheaper. Probably just be having that going to rest our little sleepy head down. You Iowa city folk, you guys are probably freaking, I don't know, brothers just in that the place that had the cheap, cheap pitchers. You guys probably just finished housing those and then going going out to your guys' little ped mall area or whatever the hell they call it. And probably got some of that grilled cheese and I can't remember some grilled cheese. I bet you guys would eat some grilled cheese. You boys, H-Town, ICC. I tell you what, you guys probably were freaking at the pine. You'd, you'd close close down the pine and you'd swing on over. You'd swing over to the Sparkies at the time. Probably grab yourself a little za. Not bad, not bad. I think that's probably about accurate. Probably about 10 years ago, that's what would happen. Now, we're all sleeping when these transact. So let's go ahead and bring you the news of what happened. And this is why we don't keep these things underneath an hour, because I just talk about God knows what. But here we are. The first one we will talk about is owner and GM of Sinners Like Me, Dan Lawford himself. He goes out there and gives himself a little ad drop in the tight end room. So Max X Williams, I believe he suffered an injury. Yes, he is on IR uh, and ended his season. Serious knee injury. No good. So you know what Dan says? To hell with you, Max William. I'm not even going to put you on my IR. I'm going to go out and get who we would anticipate to be your fill-in. Uh, Ricky Seal Jones. Oh, and I take I take take that back completely. Ricky Seal Jones is now with Washington. Edit that out. I thought he was in Arizona for some reason still. But he's in Washington. Let's open up his game log and look. 
last week. Man, he was fed with targets last week. Nine targets last week. Only got five catches out for 41 yards. I mean, what do you expect? Those are the kind of tight ends you'll be scraping up this type of year. Hope for Gronk to get back soon. Not going tonight, obviously, but I would anticipate then by next Sunday he'd be good to go. Keep scrolling through here. We'll stop here with old Nick Lauterbaugh. He will get to it. He suffered an unfortunate injury, uh, similar to almost the David Montgomery one where it looked worse on the field. And, you know, you thought, hey, this is that was a season ender we just saw right there. I think also similar to David Montgomery's. I don't really know yet. We'll get into that portion of the show. But he's expected to miss multiple games with an MCL injury, I believe, an MCL sprain. So Nick goes out, gets himself Jarek McKinnon. Yes, that Jarek McKinnon, the one that was with the Vikings for a while the one that went and got paid in San Francisco and then hurt himself and was always hurt out there as well. I believe he's like a spark freak athlete kind of guy. I would think of him being the scat back. I believe I always get the freaking Williams that are in the league between the Bears and the Chiefs mixed up. So we're just going to say Daryl Williams, I believe. He will be probably like their every down thumper if you really even have one of those in Kansas City. But I do believe that Jarek McKinnon would be the guy that would get used more in the passing game. And in a full PPR league, that is valuable. So I think this is a good pickup here. Drop yourself Cole Komet, a guy who is on Bears offense that is unfortunately hasn't been great yet. Cole Komet's arrow was pointed up at the end of last year. Looked like he could be the real deal, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember what round he went. Let's look. He was either like a second or third round pick out of Notre Dame, if I'm remembering right. Let's get this for you. We got to bring you the deets. Make sure you guys all know everything you need to know about Cole Komet here. Uh, Bears pick tight end Cole Komet at number 43, second round pick, Notre Dame product. So, you know, I think he's a guy that has prospect, a guy that has potential in the future. But right now, so you see promise out of that offense. So you see an offense that can seemingly move the ball and get down the red zone more. Not a bad move. We'll keep going here. We start getting into people trying to find their defenses for the week just streaming defenses some ad drops there we don't cover defenses during this portion of the road rodeo uh we'll stop jerry's kids goes out and gets himself some quez Watkins, wide receiver the philadelphia eagles going against my tampa bay Buc- buccaneers tonight um you know he's a guy hasn't really done a lot this year but he's a young guy that's in an offense that potentially could get some work and potentially could find himself some target share in that offense Keep going, keep going. Berkser, I barely know her. Picked himself up some Carson Wentz. Uh, so Carson Wentz, he's back. He's with the Annapolis Colts. I'm sure many of you tuned in to that Monday night thriller of a game between the Ravens and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, honestly, has been pretty consistent here other than that Tennessee game. And I can't remember if he got hurt in that or not, but he's been north of 20 every other week and went north of 30, passing up over 400 yards this last Monday night with two tutties in there. Not a whole lot on the ground. That's not really Carson's MO. Not a bad quarterback pickup. Maybe a guy you can stream in there if you need to. Obviously, you got yourself who he went toe-to-toe with. Oh, sorry, this for I barely know her. So I think that's just good. That's a good pickup all around. Keep scrolling through here. Old Malik Daddy, he's just he's scraping that waiver wire. He's trying trying to find a guy that he can plug and play in that quarterback room. Uh, so obviously, you know that Danny Dimes he got lit up this last week. I talked about Danny Dimes. I thought that was going to be a good play. Thought that could be a good season long play. Still could be a good season long play. But he got uh, he didn't even really get that jacked up on that play to be honest with you. But he got hit his head hit the ground kind of an awkward way, bounced off the ground a little bit. 
and got concussed. Just just could hardly even walk straight after the fact. So Valdez says, God, Jameis Jabu Winston, I'm pretty sure he's on by this week. Goes and gets himself old Teddy Two Gloves for the Denver Broncos. Don't really know what I think about that, but you know what? That's what you got to do. He's going against Darius. So there's potential to put up some points there. That's it. That will round out Transaction Corner. And I tell you what, we do got a mailbag. So let's go ahead and get into the mailbag. Here we are in the mailbag. Opening up the mailbag, sifting around here. My God, this thing is just jam-packed full. Russell these aside, Russell these aside. We'll go ahead, grab this one, pull this one out here, dust it off here. Ah, oh, this one. This is a good one, but this is a tricky one. Um, I'll tell you, I guess we'll just get into it. So this one comes from the owner and GM of Jameis Winston Revenge Tour, Malk Daddy himself. He writes in and he says, Commissioner Conlon, what would your advice be to Urban Meyer? Sincerely. Mount Daddy, you know, that is a excellent question, Mount Daddy. What would Kamish Conlon's advice be to Urban Meyer? Really, those of you that don't know, haven't seen the footage, Urban Meyer would have been two Thursday night footballs ago now. I believe it was two, th- yeah, two Thursday night footballs ago now where they were up in Cincy. We had the showdown between Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. Actually ended up being a semi-decent game. A good game, actually. I'm not, I shouldn't discredit it. I shouldn't discredit that game. It was a good game. It was a great game. Good for Thursday Night Football. Um, as usual, Urban Meyer did some stupid shit in that game. And the Jaguars did some stupid shit. They let the Bengals come back and win. That's became a theme even though usually hasn't taken a comeback. Usually the stupid shit just starts from the get-go. That's neither here nor there. And anyway, so Urban Meyer says, ah, hell with it. You know what? I used to I used to coach in old Columbus back when I was the old head coach of Ohio State football, my old stopping grounds. I'm going to send the team back on the plane. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to hang out here in Columbus for the weekend, have myself a little bit of fun, and – that's what happened. I'm sure you've seen the videos by now transpired. Um, he was caught on camera. Uh, a lady dancing up on him, you know, and I don't know what he was doing with his hands. Someone needed to do a hand check in there. Maybe turn the lights on in the room and, hey, hands, let me see hands, let me see hands. You know how that goes. So what would be my advice to Urban Meyer on that whole situation? Maybe just his whole tenure at Jacksonville. Uh, this is what I'll say. I'm going to try to keep myself from getting grudent. You know, I'm, I'm not trying. This is what could happen out here. You know, the league, the loyal listeners, the Race Three podcast. What if I? What if I make a wrong rule, or we make a rule change at some point, and not everyone in the league, not all you owners in the league, are on here, and you're like, you know what? To hell with it. It's time to overthrow Commissioner Conlon. It's time to get him tossed from his position at commissioner and start leaking out the shit that I come on here and say every week on the Race Three podcast. That might not be good, so I can't get myself John Gruden. But this would be my advice for Urban Myers. One, Urban, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, he had just suck ass as an NFL coach. Everyone knew you were going to suck ass. You were just terrible at it. So my, my my first words of advice of you would be just, I guess, I don't know, just go ahead and just resign. You're just very bad. You're no good for that team. You're going to ruin Trevor Lawrence. You're just causing damage for that team, giving no good. 
So that's my first word of advice. Uh, second, man, it won't kill you when you get confronted on this stuff in a press conference. Uh, just a little bit of eye contact, you know, like at least try to own it like a man instead of being like a little little bitch boy and just kind of mumble and just, you know, just you look down, you put your hands, just like, uh, just spew whatever bullshit you're spewing. So that's, that's number two, you know, just maybe hire yourself someone that can help you with your public speaking abilities. You could use a little help on that. And then thirdly, and finally, my last advice, I think I would move back to Columbus. That did not look like that was a bad life for you there in Columbus. So if that's the kind of action you get, if that's what goes on when you're in Columbus, what are you doing down in Jacksonville? I mean, Jacksonville, never been Jacksonville, but Jacksonville, I assume, is a dump. This is what I tell you. Um, just just, just dump. Just nothing but swampland. You might say Commissioner Conlon, Tampa Bay, they're down in Florida. You think all Florida is just nothing but swampland? Uh, no, Florida is, or, I mean, excuse me, Tampa is the best thing in Florida. It's beautiful there. It's sunny there. They got nice sandy beaches. Jacksonville, in my mind, is just marsh and a swampland. Just shitty. No one wants to be in Jacksonville. No one wants to be there. Let's get your ass out of Jacksonville. Go back out to a Columbus. And I mean, fuck it. Just go out to the bars. Looks like you have fun there. Good time there. Just get rid of the stress. Say screw with it. That's what I think you should do. I think you need to quit your job because you suck at your job. So why are you even there? Hire a public speaker, but honestly, if you quit your job, you don't even hire a public speaker. And then I would move your ass back to Columbus Town because it looks like you had it made pretty good there. And that is your advice from Kamish Conlon on what Urban Meyer should do. Put a bow on that. You know what? I think that is the only mail I'm going to cover tonight. We'll we'll shut this bag up and we'll put it here. And I'll tell you what, we'll just jump right into it. Told you we're gonna we're gonna rip through this thing. So now let's just go ahead and get into the meat. Of tonight's show and what is the meat of tonight's show it should be pretty obvious the buccaneers throw down philadelphia eagles what is philadelphia known for the philly cheesesteak what's Kamish Conlon love the philly cheesesteak i'm going to tell you how to fire up philly cheesesteak so i talked about this before in a previous episode i believe last season about the grill grates now you can flip them over and have the backside of them uh, to almost create a flat top type surface inside your grill, whether you have pan grill, pellet grill, whatever it may be, you can do that. Or you boys out there that got the black stones, you fire it up on this, any kind of flat top surface, what you need. So let's just start there. You need a flat top surface. You want that surface to be hot, hot, hot. We got to get that thing hot. So we get that thing, we get those piping hot and you got to go in to the frozen meat section. I don't, I don't, condone this often but this is what you gotta do you gotta go into the frozen meat section and they have a very specific packaged up frozen up i think it's just like chopped up sirloin i'm pretty sure what it is but they got chopped up sirloin that comes with just this like little seasoning packet and the seasoning packet is it's just you know this that that's what you're looking for that's what you're going for you get that thing you just pull it out of the package you throw it onto this flat top frozen it just it starts sizzling in the meantime you should have wouldn't have already had and you should have chopped up some green bell pepper you should have chopped up some white onion you know what maybe chop up some jalapenos you'd like some spicy get that all in there make sure you get some oil down on the top of these grill grates this flat top surface you're gonna be taking your spatula mixing all this like little frozen patty around take that little seasoning packet get it all over there so everything's everything's sizzling everything's cooking up 
mix it around, cook it around, get the meat all nice and cooked, get the vegetables sweating. At some point, once the meat's cooked enough, start mixing the vegetables right up in there so the juice kind of starts melting in there as well. And if you want, you know, a little pro tip, it's not my tip. I'm not going to own this tip. If you've ever been to a Pepper Jack's, the fast food Philly cheesesteak place, they actually have pretty damn good Philly cheesesteaks, I'll say. They have the idea of a fireball Philly cheesesteak where essentially all they do is they take a little jalapeno juice and they put that on their flat top and they mix it up in there. Go ahead, get the pickled jalapenos and just dump a little of that jalapeno juice in there. Give yourself a little extra heat. Then what you got to have, you got to have a heat hoagie there. Get that hoagie opened up. Get that thing nice and going ready. Go get yourself maybe a little provolone, a little provolone cheese. Get some nice white squared, nice round cheese. Get that on there. Slap it right there on the grill grate. Take your spatula. Scoop that thing up. Slide it on that hoagie. And there you go. You got a Philly cheesesteak tonight. So not only is Commissioner Conlon going to be eating some Philly cheesesteaks tonight for the game, that's what he's bringing to you on the Race of Three podcast. The meat of tonight is the Philly cheesesteak. So what's that translate into? It translates into Old Faithful. We're going to have a look back to week five, and then we'll take a look ahead in the week six. Let's go ahead, take a break, wet the whistle. That was a lot. Woof da. There we go. And let's go ahead and get into the rewind. The Tomcats went roaming for their next victim and landed upon what they thought was a big mouse hole. Having a huge day from the Packer stack, Rodgers and Adams, as well as C.D. Lamb, had the cats staring at the hole waiting for their W. Turns out that hole was the shitter of a lion, as TB12, Swift, Williams, and the rook, Kyle Pitts, go bananas. Show me where you ship from gets the W and spreads their king of the jungle cheeks 209 to 154. The next match featured two quarterbacks that got knocked out early, with Danny Dimes stumbling around like a baby giraffe and failing to hit pay dirt and Russell Willie Wilson's finger looking more like a bent Willie. This game ultimately came down to the big trade from this offseason, featuring two stallions of the backfield, with Nick Chubb throwing up 24 points for Ferkser. I barely know her. Jonathan Taylor was not to be outdone, however, going for a huge 32-point night and securing the victory for the Jameis Winston Revenge Tour, 118-111. to From two quarterbacks that were knocked out early to two young stars that put on a clinic, Josh Allen and the Dirty Van Super Punters went cream hunting for a victory, getting 46 points out of the star bill and 26 points out of the stud halfback for the Browns. However, on the hunt, they accidentally shot one of their Clydesdales, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who only snagged three points before getting sidelined. Justin Herbert said, I see your 46 points, Josh, and I'll raise you nine, throwing up a nuclear 55 points. Add on good days from Justin Jefferson and James Robinson. And Dirty Dan and the boys said, thanks for the F-Shack. Sinners like me, 157 to 127. The boys of fall watched plenty of those 30-second commercials and a couple of the DVDs to ensure they were prepared for the Girlies Gone Wild. Even with the preparation, Girlies Gone Wild got out to a fast start thanks to a 27-point Thursday night from DK Metcalf. Gibson and Dak added gas to the flame, but Kamara, Alexander Madison, and Hopkins put it out in a hurry. End of the day, all that film study paid off, and the boys of fall win 158 to 102. What do kids like eating? Well, mac and TDs, of course, and that is exactly what Jerry's kids ate this weekend. Mac and TDs, only good performances came from Jamar Chase and Josh Jacobs, which provided to be no match for what the kids had in mind on Monday night getting a 95-plus outing from 
Ravens stack of Lamar and Andrews. Jerry's kids threw in a little extra milk and an extra tablespoon of butter, winning 198 to 105. Hungry, horny, and he, he, Henry must have scored some horny goat weed because they were revved up this week, and it was poor OBJYN stuck in the room with them as the he, he, Henrys of the team got the party going with 31 and 19 points, and Emmanuel Sanders might have to apply to be called the colonel as he had himself a two-piece touchdown dinner. On the flip side, Waller was not a baller this week, and Barkley's going to need some ice and an ankle bracelet because his ankles weren't strong enough to support those Saquads. Spoiling a big day from Hollywood, Hungry, Horny, and he he Henry get their sexual relief and a win, 142 to 110. Boom, there we go. There we have it. Put a bow on it. That's what we have for the rewind. What the whistle. Recording time, right around that 20 minutes again. I promise, not going to go long on the look ahead. But as I say that, don't even have the ESPN application up. I'm going to get this ESPN application up here. And we're going to get into the look ahead. Here I am into the game lines here for week six. Coming before, won't have to do all this adjusting the spreads and that bullshit. So that is going to be good. But we are going to go through these a little bit of turbo time. So this is what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to bring you the widest spread first and work our way down to the tightest. I kind of like that format from a few weeks ago. So we're going to continue with that. So where does that mean we're starting? That means we're going to start with an open up the box score of the three and two VOBJYN versus the one and four Mac and TD. So we got a Ben versus Alex showdown here. The line has the OBJYN at a 16 point favorite. So, you know, you can't like that if you're Alex looking at this. It's put up or shut up time, one in five. I don't want to say that's a death sentence because it's not. Anything can happen in this game, but you would like to start stacking some W's and you'd like to start stacking some W's sooner rather than later. But we'll start this analysis over to where all the green check marks are. That means we need to boogie over to the OBJYN. You know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to change this format. This came to my head right now. We're going to do it live. We're just going to do this thing live. What I'm going to try to bring to you guys from each team, I'm going to bring you guys one person I like from each team that I think is going to outperform their projection and someone I think is going to go below their projection. So let's go ahead. Let's look at this. Scanning through here. Who do I want to touch on? I should have thought about this a little bit more before I just blabbed it and opened up my mouth. Now I'm committed to it. Um, so that's what we'll go. We'll go Miles. Gaskin against Jacksonville. So he went after it. He went big against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but that all came through the passing passing work as I open up Miles Gaskin here. That was his biggest game by far. 31 points, pretty much all of it coming through there. That's 31 points off five carries, folks, but he had 10 catches, 74 yards, and two tutties for 31.9. For that, didn't have a whole lot going. He had himself. He's projected at 12.8 points. I think Miles Gaskin, he's your, he's your loser of the week. He's the guy where you're just like, son of a bitch, Miles Gaskin. Why did I start you? So Gaskin against Jacksonville comes back down to reality, doesn't get that passing game work that he had against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then your guy that's going to go above and beyond and is going to be a difference maker. And, man, I credit you for continuing to ride and continuing to roll with them because it's got to be a tough one to mustard. So we're talking about – number 61 ranked wide receiver on the year 
and Allen Robinson. I have a feeling against the Packers, there was ever a time when they were going to have to throw and they were going to have to try to stay in this game. It's going to be against the Packers. Packers secondary outside Jair Alexander. And you're the Packer fan. You know this more than me. I don't even know what Jair Alexander's status is. Let's take a look at this guy. Hold on here. Oh. Oh, yeah, he's hurt. He is going to be out. He is going to be out. So he's not he, He's not going to be playing this week. Don't quote me on that. I don't know for sure. That was like two-second Google search. But Allen Robinson, he gets it going this week. He goes north of his 11 points and gets you 20 points. Let's flip it over. Alex, let's give you the same breakdown. Same thing here. Scanning through here. <laughs> um. Let's stop and let's start right there. I will give you the guy. He, he's been a stud for you all year. You have to be glad you picked him in the old rookie draft. That is Jamar Chase. He's projected at 15.3 going against Detroit Lions. Give me north of that line, north of that line, no problem. Closer up to his average of 19.7 on the year. And then who is going to have a stinker of the night? You know it's going to be Miles Sanders against my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That front seven, he ain't gonna, he ain't going to go over. 30 yards rushing tonight. His only hope is if he gets some Miles Gaskin work and just gets a feed and fed with just a bunch of pepper with just a bunch of targets. 12.4. No way he breaks double digit points tonight. So let's scan through here. This is what I'm going to say. That 16 point line. Hmm. I'm going to say it's closer than that 16 points. Alex covers that 16 point spread. I'm going to go ahead, put the victory in the OBJYN. Interesting to see what happens there. There you go, 16 point. That's our widest spread. We have it here coming down, looking at the next one. We've got, whew, this has had to be some shit talking going on at work this week because we got the Tomcats going against Girlies Gone Wild. Warning, this commercial is not suitable for children. We've got Tommy B, my smoking mate, my smoking partner, going against my arch nemesis, not only in this league, but also in the smoking world. Tom's narch, 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 arch, narch, narch, narch. Arch nemesis. That's a hard word to say. Arch nemesis. Nemesis. I need to like look for a synonym or something like that because that ain't going to work for me. That's not going to work. But that's neither here or there. So that's what we got thrown down. Probably a bunch of shit talk and go. What we got is a one in four Tomcats versus one in four Girlies Gone Wild. That can't be a whole lot of shit talking going on. No one can be too confident in that. But this is a chance to get your guys' seasons going and get your guys' seasons going right. So... The Tomcats here, one and four, projected 119. Let's start with the underdog at the 111. Girlie's gone wild. So we have eight and a half point dogs here. Skin through. What do I want to bring to the folks? I will say that I think that Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson is going to go north of that 15 point line against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he hit Pater twice last week if i'm not mistaken i know i was saying that hey i don't think he's gonna get going till he gets some passing work well granted he really didn't get going too much at three yard per carry average last week 20 carries is a lot though so he got 60 yards but two tutties is what it got um i think this is the week where he gets a little bit more action in the passing game to keep up with the chiefs and chiefs defense nothing to write home about i think he can get a more efficient north of four yards of pop on the ground I think Antonio Gibson has himself a nice outing this week. And who do I not like this week? I'm going to go that 18.2 DK Metcalf with Geno Smith, the pride and joy of West Virginia University, DK Metcalf. 
he's going to struggle without Russell Willie Wilson and those 18.2 points are going to be hard to achieve regardless of the performance he put up on Thursday night. So there you go. There's my picks there. Tommy B, let's look at yours. I'll break it down. I'll give that to you as well. Let's start. Let's start. Hmm, 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 hmm. I think, hmm, this is tough. This is tough. I'm going to start with, I'm going to go same talk track, but I'm going to start with the guy who doesn't show up for you. This is easy. This makes my life easy. I think Geno Smith brings down the passing game work of Seattle across the board. So Tyler Lockett projected for his 16.8. He's not going to get there either. So he's going to have a disappointing outing as well. So I'm not projecting big things for that Seattle Seahawks passing game until Russell Willie Wilson gets that middle finger back going again and can toss the rock and who's going to put up big time for you this week. I'll tell you who's going to put up big time for you this week. Go ahead and give me Tom. You're probably, geez, Taylor, why is it taking you so damn long for someone you think that's going to do good on my squad? Don't worry, Tom, because there's a lot going on up here. Commissioner Conlon's got a lot processing in his head. I'm going to say who does good for you is Devontae Adams. That's as safe as a pick as I could have gone there. You know, I really just really just took the safe pick here. Projected high projection, though, so that's saying something. 21.9. I think he goes north of this. Looking at this, looking through these matchups, ah, this is what I'm going to say, though. Tommy B, I just, uh, the cats aren't going to be on the side that I pick here. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pick the girlies gone wild. Not only cover, but win this thing outright. Come on, Tommy, prove them wrong. TNT barbecue, prove them wrong. So let's keep going here. Now we are going to get into the matchup of five and a half point matchup. We got Nick Lauderball's Dirty Van Super Punters versus Nate the Great Ferkser. I barely know her. We have a five and a half point favorite of Ferkser. I barely know her. This is opening up as this opens up. Let's take a look. Let's take a look here. So I will go ahead and I will start. First of all, both these teams are two and three. So we got two, two and three squads. Then let's see here. Ferkser, I barely know her. We'll start with you. We'll start with the favorite. And I'm going to say, looking through these things, Nick Chubbs, I don't know what his status is. I think him and Kareem Hunt are both banged up. So I'm not going to hop on that. I'm not going to hop on that. So I'm going to say that Daryl Henderson, he is the one that goes above his projection of 16.3. I think he's starting to heat up. He's starting to get it going. Let's open it up. What he's been doing lately, 16.9, 16, 17, 15. When he's been in there, he's been solid. I think this is one of those ones where he gets paid dirt a couple times. He goes next north to 16. He breaks 20, so give me that. And to give me a performer that I think is going to underperform this week, I'm going to go ahead and point at a 14-point Chase Edmonds prediction against Cleveland. That seems high to me. I'm just not buying that. I mean, that looks like that's been pretty consistent where he's been up until last week. You know what? I'm not buying that. I think he has himself two two just stinkers in a row, and he's going to be go below that projection. Flip it over to Dirty Van Superponers. Let's take a look here. Um, first of all, we have a spread that's a little messed up here because we got Cordero Patterson, who is on a buy in the lineup right now. It's a guy we'd have to adjust the spread. And the Dirty Van Super Punters is actually 
probably the favorite in this. Let's open it up, see who you're going to be. Show your bench, see who you're going to be potentially putting in here in his place. Uh, let's go ahead and say uh, plug in yourself. Some Naeem Hines in there. That's who you're going to plug in there. Safe workload there with Naeem Hines getting some passing works. So we're going to put him in there. Uh, with all that said, man, that's Kareem Hunt's banged up too. So hopefully he gets going for you. That could be rough, rough, rough for you. Hmm. So I'm going to say who underperforms. I'm going to say McCole Hardman does not hit that 10-point line. Has he hit a 10-point line? I guess he just got one this last week. He got 16 this last week. Nine for 76. Pretty nice outing for him. I don't think that's going to continue this upcoming week. He's going to go below that. He's not going to throw up the 10 points that they're projecting for him there. McCole Harmon, he's going to have a quiet week. On the flip side of that, who's going to have a big week? Noah Fant going up against the Raiders. Noah Fant, he's going to go north of his 10.3, and I think he's going to have his best fantasy season of the best fantasy week of the season thus far. Go ahead, put it in the books, put it down. Noah Fant, after scanning through your guys' rosters, who do I think is going to cover this? You know what to hell with it. I'm just going to call this a pick em game because I have no idea what's going to happen with that bye week line. So this is a pick em game with it being a pick up game, pick em game with the people you got banged up there, Nick. Go ahead and give me Nick the Great to advance the three and three. Berkser, I barely know her. Go ahead, shift into victory lane. Keep scrolling here. So that was that matchup. The next one we bring you, it's a team I know well, the defending champs. And boy, this is a heavy weight bout this week. The boys of fall going against Jakob Myers. Show me where you shit from. I want to be showing my shitter at the end of this week. I do not want to be looking at Jake's. No, sir. That is not what I plan to be doing. That's not how I plan to be spending my Sunday and Monday evenings. No way I'm looking at a shitter this week. Uh Uh-uh. No way. So how are we going to prevent that? Let's look at this. First, I'll bring it to you. We have a 4-1 and one versus 3-2. and two. Jake's team's been nuclear this year. I think he's leading the standings in points for. He's been balling all season long. So let's get into this here. We'll start with Jake's side. We'll start with Jake's. Where do we think we're going to go big? Where do we think we're going to go lower? God, do I even bring those bad choo-choos on my boys? Um, no, I'm not psychopath. I'm not going to do that. Where we're going to go lower is A.J. Brown. 14.2 points. That seems pretty, pretty steep until he proves it for us this year. So I know there's been injuries, but it's just been a rough, rough showing, rough, rough outing for him thus far. I think he goes lower than his projections and kind of hurts you there in the flex. Who goes above your projections? This one's easy for me, and this is bad juju. I don't even want to take pouring out for this. But Devontae Smith going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, banged up secondary. Again, Miles Sanders, he ain't going to be able to tote the rock. He ain't going to be able to move. He ain't going to be able to find green grass anywhere. We're just going to smother him. Devontae Smith, a tactical route runner. I've already had my talk track about tactical route runners and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can look for previous episodes if you want that talk track. Because of that, Devontae Smith, he's going to have himself a big, big night. And he is going to go, I'm going to say he's going to go well north of that 14 points. Pour one out of my mouth. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope I'm wrong. Out of all the takes tonight, that... I hope I'm wrong about, or that I think, uh, you know, if I was okay being wrong about, that's the take I hope I'm wrong about. That's good. Let's flip it over. My end, 
this is what's going to happen. Well, I'm going to combat those bad jujus with a little bit of mm, on my end. Chris Godwin, he's going to go north of his 14.9 points. He's been getting consistent targets, consistent receptions, has had a high floor, but it's now been two weeks, three weeks that he hasn't had a passing touchdown anyways, or a receiving touchdown, I should say. That changes tonight. He gets two tutties tonight, and it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be like, Jake, you're going to be looking at my shit here pretty soon, and it's going to be nice. Two tutties. It's going to be real, real nice. On the opposite end, who has a down week based on what they're projected for? Hmm. Hmm. I think that down week is going to come from Kyler Murray projected to be 28.8 points. Apparently there's a bit of COVID outbreak going here. Um, so who knows what's going on in Arizona? I guess there's some stuff going on there going up against Cleveland on the road. He had a quiet week last week. You'd like to think he'd bounce back. I think he bounces back some, but not to the tune at 28.8 points. And today, this is where we're sitting. I'm only a four-point favorite here. Four-point favorite. We got a heavyweight bout, 148 to 144. is where we're projected on this bad boy. Um, shoot, I tell you what, there's Dalvin Cook. Don't know what his status is, although they took the Q away from his name. That looks nice. Christian McCaffrey, I doubt he goes again. Joe Mixon, I don't know. Mm, Mike Williams, oh, he's got shit going on his own right on his end. A lot less injuries on Jake's side, it looks like. I shouldn't say a lot less injuries. I mean, he's got Rodrigo Blankenship. He had that hip problem on Monday night. Who knows what's going to be happening there? Your kicker. What, are you going to live without your kicker? No way. Um, because of that, and I don't want to say it. No, I'm not going to say it. Screw it. This is my show. Boys fall. They get to W, just like the Bucks are going to get tonight. On the next one. Can't wait to send you pics of the old poop tube there, Jacob. Let's keep moving through here. The next one that we need to get you and we need to bring to you is Hungry, Horny, and he, he, Henry going up against the Jerry's kids. Let's open up the box score. Both these teams, if I'm not mistaken, off the good starts this year. Yeah, we have the three and two, Hungry, Horny, and he, he, Henry going up against the four and one. That's right. This is not a mistake. Of the four and one, Chadillac CTs. Jerry's kids just bought a Chadillac, not as it only any kind of Chadillac. It's a pimped out ride Chadillac. You guys remember Pimp My Ride? Who was the guy that did Pimp My Ride? Let's see. Pimp My Ride rapper. Exhibit X going to get it to you. X going to bring it to you. Exhibit Pimp My Ride Chadillac. That's the kind of Chadillac we got this season sitting at four and one. Let's start with Chadillac squad. Let's see what we got going here. Oh, boy, boy, boy. Um, go ahead. Leonard Fournette, if I'm not mistaken, the Philadelphia Eagles. You guys are like, geez, you are just a homer and a half. But Philadelphia's run defense is suspect, if I'm not mistaken. Leonard Fournette goes north of that 14.3 line. And who doesn't get their line? Who doesn't quite make their line? I'm going to say that. What line looks high? Zeke Elliott going up against New England Patriots. You know, I always say that the Patriots, Bill, I guess I shouldn't say like I'm the only one that says that. Everyone says it, that they take away their best options. They're on the road. For some reason, I feel like Zeke, he gets bottled up. Plus, he's got a little Q next to his name. That means he's a little banged up. Maybe we get a little bit more of the, uh, God, oh, I can't think of the backup's name right now. Doesn't matter. Don't have to think of it right now. I'll think of it later. Tony Pollard, there it came to me. I think, you know, I think because of that, 
I think he has himself a little bit slower the week. Let's flip it over to Hungry Horny and Hee Hee Henry. <laughs> I think Chase Claypool going up against the Seattle Seahawks with Juju Smith-Schuster now gone for the year. I mean, hey, he had a big week last week. And I think things are just heating up. Looks like he's been heating up now. Two out of the last three weeks, mixed mix the Packers game. He goes north of that 14.5. Put that in the books. And who performs? Who goes under that? I'm going to say Adam Thielen. He goes, he, he, he's on a cool streak right now. He had three games in a row where he was on a heater. Might as well just be three games in a row where he has a bad week. Put him below that. And now I got a big decision to make. This is a tough game. Three point spread. Jerry's kids, a projected favorite. Once again, 130 to 127. I like here, and I am going to put my money. Shadowlack CT pulled on my heartstrings last week, so I gave it to you last week. Sorry, I'm going to give Hungry Horny to, and he, he, Henry to cover and win this one outright. Let's get here. We've got one more to bring to you guys. One more, and boy, boy, boy. This is the Race of Three podcast certified nut hairs close matchup of the week. Let's open this up here. We got Sinners Like Me versus Jameis Winston Revenge Tour. A one-point spread. Flip a coin. She's a pick game here. Mount Daddy happens to be the favorite at 126 points to 125. Both these teams at 3-2. and two. You know, both of them want to taste that 4-2 and two pie. No one wants to taste that 3-3 three and three dirt. So let's go ahead. Let's start with the dog here. Woof, woof. Let's look at sinners like me. Who's going to go above their projections? I'll tell you who's going to go. Oh, geez. And we've got Damian Harris and sinners like me lineup projected with a zero points right now. So we'd have to adjust this spread. So this really isn't a pick em. Isn't a nut hairs close game. Who's he going to put in there? Looks like his choice is going to have to be a little J.D. McKissick. The scat back there in Washington. Not a bad plug-and-play going up against the Chiefs. I mean, that is what you got to do. You got to put him in there, and that's who you got to ride with. He ain't really got a whole lot of other choices. So that's the decision you are going to have to make. So let's pretend he's in there. So that's eight points. Um, that's who I'm going to say goes above their projections for this week. J.D. McKissick against the Kansas City Chiefs. He gets the pass. He gets passing game work, and he gets it going, and he has – one of those teen point weeks. He breaks into the teens this week. Put it on the board. Let's look here. Who else do we, who, who, who do we have? Who's going to underperform then? That's going to go big. Who's going to underperform? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the kid that seemingly can do no wrong has balled 41 points, 29 points, 54 points. They went out and gave him a 32 point projection against Baltimore Ravens. Granted, their defense not been looking good so that's probably a pretty solid matchup probably can do this but i'm gonna say doesn't happen doesn't quite get that 32 point line so he disappoints let's flip it over to Jameis winston revenge tour we got teddy two gloves at the helm there at the top of the helm keep going Khalil herbert he's in there he's projected to get some works i believe williams is damian williams he's been ruled out got a big o next to his name so he goes and gets himself Khalil herbert he's locked and loaded ready to go Projected 13.8 against Green Bay. I don't know enough about Khalil Herbert. Let's click on him. Let's get some facts. Let's get some details about Khalil Herbert. 7.5, 18 carries, 75, 4.2 yard pop. 
pretty productive, pretty productive against the Packers. I know their run defense was terrible last year. I don't know if that's still the MO or not this year, but I'm going to go ahead and say Khalil Herbert. I like it. It's a spicy take. Khalil Herbert goes north of that project projection. Who fails? Who comes up short of said projections here? Um, actually, scratch that. I don't want Khalil Herbert. I'm actually, you guys are like, Jesus, you're just, no. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to. Zach Ertz, rolling in Zach Ertz. You're going with a two tight end play, but you know what? I think Zach Ertz being the single, being the lone tight end with Levante David out, with Antoine Winfield Jr. out, I think there's going to be the ability for him to make some noise, make some work. Again, there's going to be a lot of passing volume. The Eagles are going to have to pass. They're going to have to pass to keep up. They're going to have to pass if they want to move the ball. Zach Ertz will better factor that. So, boom, give me the north of the 10.5 there. And who's going to disappoint? Who's going to come underneath it? Hmm, I will say that Amari Cooper doesn't live up to his 14-point billion. He gives you just kind of more of an Amari Pooper of the week. And it's just going to be like, ah, gee, dang it, that's a bummer. So with all this said, who am I going to pick to level up to four and two, four and two? Hmm, I will say, God, this is tough, boys. This is tough, tough, tough. Because of the injuries over on centers like me, because I think Herbert's not going to have a huge game, Teddy Two Gloves comes in and he just game manages this offense and he moves the field, moves the team down the field and lets them knock in enough field goals that they get the W. So there you go. That's my certified take. Give me the Jameis Jabu Winston Revenge Tour. And poof, there we go. We've made it through that. We made it through all the games and the look ahead. And now to bring you guys a highly anticipated pick. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me open up Odd Shark and see what they have to say. I think God knows I'll probably talk about this for way too long. So it happens to be my team that's involved in it. Opening this up here. I want to open it up on DraftKings too. We got to lock in our bets here. This is the problem. You're supposed to bet with your head, not your heart. Tom Foolery, I say. That is Tom Foolery. Throw that all to the wayside. Go ahead, bet with your hearts. You only live once. So we have the Buccaneers as a seven point favorite, and the over under has now creeped up to 53 points. Good goodness gracious. That seems high. That does seem high. But you know what? Does it seem high? Because the Buccaneers. Up until two weeks ago, they had scored like 30 points and like, I don't know how many straight games in a row. Something just berserka, I think, you know. So, yeah, assume, go ahead, pencil, pen, the Buccaneers for 30 points in. So, then the question is, is like, can the Eagles get to 20-something? You know what? With what we're missing in the secondary, with Devontae Smith, with freaking Zach Ertz, with – um. What's his name? Chad just picked him up tonight. Quez Watkins, is that it? Let's look here. Yeah, Quez Watkins. If you're like, Taylor, you're worried about Quez Watkins. Just just don't worry about what I'm saying right now. I'm going to say with all of that going on, they do go north 20. So you know what? We're going to go over the 53. Smart man, he'd probably be a little bit worried about Tom Brady's thumb. He might be a little worried about them. Short week might be a little worried about them not being great on Thursday night football in general. Ah, hell with it. Bet with the heart, like I said. Throw that to the window. So then what does that mean? You know I'm going to smash that minus seven. We're going to win by 
13 plus, 13 plus, put it on the board. So that's what I got for you. I'll tell you what the public's betting. And God, you want you know it. I'm sitting here going with the public, it looks like. So we've got a consensus on, well, that's not true. So we got a consensus on the Buccaneers at 63%. And then we're actually fading the public because the, oh no, fuck the public is taking the over. So we got 63% taking the Buccaneers and 62% taking the over. So we're sucker betting it up. But you know what? That is the Race 3 podcast, Commissioner Conlon, certified and approved parlay of the night. Go ahead, get that same game parlay in here for what it's worth. When you use the same game parlay functionality, you get an extra half point each way. So you get six and a half and 52 and a half. Got to like that. I think you got to pounce on that. I'm going to pounce on that. Now, with that said, it's 630. I have a grill to fire up. I have a game to get to. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to the league. Yeah.